This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Mento LLC. Mento LLC Trade Consulting focuses on issues of duty minimization, recovery, and elimination, while also helping our clients with trade compliance issues of both the import and export nature and global cargo security. You can reach us at 978-317-3250 or email me directly at pete.mento at Mento LLC. From Washington, D.C., this is Trade Geek Podcast with your host, Pete Mento. Hey there, nerds. It's Pete Mento, and welcome to another edition of the Trade Geek Podcast. Today is Thursday, the 29th of October, and this is kind of a big day because I think it's going to be the very last... Very last podcast I do before the election. I have parties to go to this weekend. I have out-of-town guests to entertain. I have the proverbial hell to raise, and i got to be honest with you folks, I don't want to have to think about politics. I've already cast my ballot. I have been uh, voting absentee ballot since I was in my 20s. Um, That was a very long time ago, for those of you keeping track at home. I believe this year I cast my ballot for the corpse of Richard Nixon. I think that's who I wrote in. I'm not 100% sure. You can never tell with me. But I did already send my votes in. And I'm waiting to see what happens next. I know that a lot of us are are pretty concerned about what goes on after the third. I'll get into that in a minute. But what I wanted to do was just talk about sort of things I'm seeing prior to the election that are getting my attention And, uh, you know, try to give you where my bourbon-soaked brain is at. So first things first, for those of you who have not been paying attention, I have a new weekly television show on the web brought to you by the good people at Cap Logistics called Global Trade This Week. I put the link up on, um, on LinkedIn. I also will have it, I suppose, in the, um, detail section of the, podcast. You can also, of course, find it on YouTube or on the Cap Logistics website, www.caplogistics.com. My friend Doug Draper and I spend about 20 minutes every week. We each pick two topics. We talk about things that are going on in the world, and then we give our opinions of how we believe this will affect the global supply chain. The whole point is not to just talk about what's going on, but to actually tell you what we think is going to happen. There's enough, more than enough people out there that are giving their opinions about what's happened. There's not enough people talking about what will probably happen next. So that's really what we think is different about what we're doing. I hope you enjoy it. Let me know what you think. Uh, always looking for guests on that show as well. But uh, really, the more I spent time paying attention to that show, the more I realized I should probably do a quick, a quick couple of minutes here with you guys here. So recently, recently being yesterday, a scandal broke out with the World Trade Organization. And that scandal was that the WTO needs a new head. And there are really two factions that are vying to get their candidate into office. The first faction is the United States, who is trying to get their candidate, who is a individual who was negotiating the U.S. and Korean update to our trade pact. And she, um, she of course, is a doctor. Um, I believe she's an economist. But a, a diplomat who is focused on trade issues and trade policy from South Korea. The other faction 
is just about every other country on planet Earth. So China, um, all of Africa, all the Middle East, all of Europe, Mexico and Canada, uh, everybody. And um, this one's from Nigeria, although she does hold a U.S. passport. She is also a doctor, um, and she's also a career diplomat who's had all kinds of success and all kinds of um, accomplishments, but is not really a trade negotiator, does not have a lot of experience revolving, uh, evolving around trade. America's biggest issue, apparently, with her has a lot more to do with the fact that she is a... She was the choice of, quote-unquote, choice of the Chinese, and that China has had so much influence already in Africa, they're not sure how they feel about China having more. That's, you know, that's the, the story under the story. Of course, when you, when you read what's going on in the news, it just says that they believe somebody with more trade negotiation experience ought to have the job. In reality, they're just worried about someone who has pro-China attitudes and probably negative American ones being engaged in this particular uh, part of, of, uh, of leadership in the WTO. Now, speaking of the U.S. and China, also over the course of the past couple of weeks, something that I've been paying a lot of attention to is the increase in seizures because of slave labor allegations. It bothers me for a couple of reasons. First, um, you know, the USTR and the U.S. have known for some time that many of these companies have been engaged in forced labor, slave labor practices. And if you haven't done a lot of research into this, it really is an interesting topic. Slave labor is not just what you what you imagine it is, you know, somebody who's who's been sold into servitude. It can also be forced labor in the uh, effect of someone who's in a prison camp, be somebody who's being forced to work for wages that are far below any expectations. Um, put into a situation where they can never uh, recover themselves financially, that they're in such deep debt to the company they work for, et cetera, et cetera. And we've known about these for a long time, but we've just suddenly decided to really engage in, uh, in enforcement. Well, why now? If we've known that this has been a problem for so long, doesn't it seem like it should have been the ethical thing to do to have gone after it long before now? Are we simply doing it now because of tit-for-tat uh, trade, trade measures that the U.S. and China have been involved in. And if that's the case, you know, it makes me feel kind of awful that maybe we should have been doing this for a long time. But what I'm also really worried about is there's so many great companies that may have their name associated with imports from these companies who were not aware that they were importing from companies like this. And I understand it's not an excuse to not know. Everyone should have a robust... Um, labor compliance program. But we live in, a, in an age where it's very easy to quote-unquote cancel someone, cancel a company. And I'm worried for many of you that you may find yourself dealing with a seizure from a company who was supposedly selling products under the guise of, of, of this manner. Um, and it's just, you know, it's, it's madness. Um, I'm, I'm just worried that I'm, I'm worried that I'm worried that someone is going to find themselves on the wrong side of publicity simply because someone from customs decided to go after a foreign supplier now rather than 10 years ago. 
in what could be considered selective enforcement. And I think that stinks. So what do I think you ought to do? I think you ought to get real serious, real quick on understanding who's making what for you so that you don't find yourself looking down the barrel of of these accusations. There's a lot of great companies out there that really spend a lot of time and effort to ensure that they're not having a problem with this. I think I think you need to really consider how you can do that. Right. So, um, you know, next that something that's been really focusing uh, a lot of my attention is, is how, what's going on with Brexit. Uh, a lot of things in the news this week about how the UK and Japan have come to an agreement on how they'll be conducting their trade issues once they are, um, I guess, unattached to the European Union. It's interesting to see. And then at the same time, there was a, an olive branch that was handed out to um, the European Union and the UK, where the, the uh, mainland Europe sort of said, hey, let's talk more about this and try to work something out. I think the prospect of a hard Brexit is terrifying for, for both parties, but time is running out. And if you learn anything dealing with governments, it's that taking things slow and easy and waiting and taking time, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not generally on the side of, of bureaucrats. So today is nearly November, and you've got a couple of months left on this. I don't know why you don't have a contingency plan. I, I don't know if, if by now you don't understand how it could affect your tariffs, your supply chains, your relationships with your customers. I, I think it's going to be a real problem if you don't focus on it soon. Um, the rest of the world is taking notice on what happened with the UK and, and Japan. And I believe you're going to see um, you know, a flood of, of countries trying to negotiate something similar to maintain stability just because of the shared markets that these two countries have. Um, you know, and, and along, along those lines as well, where the U.S. presidency goes, getting back to the election, is where the relationship between the U.S. policy decisions and the U.S. relationship with Brexit ends up. You know, President Trump has been a friend to the United Kingdom, clearly, uh, Mr. Boris Johnson and the U.K. being disruptive with Europe. Mr. Biden has made it clear he would like to see some reconciliation. He'd like to see the UK work harder with the European Union. So how that election goes, I think, will tell us more about where we stand as a country with them. Um, you know, the, the last couple things I want to talk about that also have something to do with the election. One of them is, and it's, it's hard to talk about this without tiptoeing around politics. And you know I don't, I've taken a, a great pain to not get too engaged with politics, but um, past two weeks, every conference call I have that has to do with Congress security, CTPAT, that has to do with any of those things, it has revolved around the likelihood of domestic unrest in the wake of the U.S. election, how that could affect the safety and security of supply chains, and what American companies should be doing in order to ensure the sanctity and safety of their cargo, their people, and their facilities. And I don't like to think that my life has gotten this weird. None of us do. That I'm having conversations where I've got to take this seriously. Where people are saying that there's, you know, a chance. It doesn't mean it's going to happen, but there's a chance that there could be, there could be uh, violence in the streets after November 3rd, and that American companies should have a contingency plan 
to secure their facilities and their goods. Man, that, that really, uh, you know, it gets your attention and it makes you think and it bums you out. And, um, but then I like to always say, you know, hope is not a strategy. So I've got to be a good dude and, and tell you hope is not a strategy. And some of the things they've been saying, if you can have things stocked up prior to the election, you need to do it. If you can increase security around areas of, of, um, of risk, you need to do it. If you don't have to have things moving over land on election day or the f- days following, do it. There was you know, interesting personal things like remove bumper stickers off of your car. Take, take signs in support of candidates off of your front lawn immediately. You know, do it before, before Tuesday. It was sobering. And I don't like to think about that, you know. There's already reports of people stockpiling again. Yesterday, France and Germany decided to close down their economies again. They've shut up shop. They've gone back into lockdown. The news of that is getting people nervous again here. And the stockpiling is a little broader than last time. It's getting harder to find paper towels. In some American cities, toilet paper, again, is coming off your shelves. Hand sanitizers, disinfectant wipes. Um, and then also there's a rush, again, in some cities on, on animal proteins, and other things. Um, I just, I hate to say it, guys, but it doesn't matter who gets elected on November the 3rd and inaugurated on the 20th of January. Virus is the virus. And we're going to have to be dealing with this as supply chain professionals, regardless politically of what happens. So I think we need to start looking at our supply chains as a, a chaotic thing that isn't associated to politics, but rather associated to the events that are caused by it. You should probably have a plan to deal with it if things go a little wacky. And it doesn't have to be put in stone, but there should be some sort of a resiliency plan that you've got in place just in thing, just in case things get weird. All right, I think I'm going to leave it at that because it gets a little too depressing on what's supposed to be a mildly comedic podcast talking about trade. But um, hope is not a strategy, so let's be a little bit smarter than than that. And the last thing I want to talk about is counterfeits. It has a little bit to do with uh, politics and a little bit to do with the election. Uh, Customs has been coming down hard on counterfeits for some time now, particularly in the area of medical devices, pharmaceuticals, makeup, you name it, you know, retail retail goods. Where I'm concerned about counterfeits has a lot to do with things like medications, um, certainly, certainly on inoculations, you know, what happens if someone tries to steal these um, these vaccines and try to reverse engineer them? And now these wonderful companies in America that have spent so much time and, and effort to find a way to keep us safe from this virus, their name is on fake, fake inoculations around the world and people are getting sick. The protection of that IP, it's critical. So when you support counterfeit goods, just keep in mind, you're supporting them on every level. Whether it's software, whether it's you know the theft of movies, not to get in a soapbox, but if you th- if you steal an idea in one direction, you're stealing an idea in all directions, and CBP is really working hard to crack down on this. So it works in two directions: one, don't be a consumer of stolen goods, right? But two, what are you doing as a company to really focus on protecting your brand? What are you doing as a company to? Ensure that people aren't stealing your ideas. And 
how are you as part of the supply chain coming up with ways to bring value to your clients to help them not get their ideas and their products stolen? What are you doing to ensure that? I think that's going to be an important part of how we set ourselves apart in the future for our, uh, our clients. So those are really the big topics I want to talk about today. I am going to be off the airwaves until after the election. I am giving a, um, I'm giving a presentation uh, the day after the election for the Automotive Compliance Group. Um, pretty excited for that. I'll be doing um, trade school that Friday. And as you can imagine, you know, next Friday, it's basically just going to be me reacting to what's going on in the election and the aftermath. I'm sure we'll be electioned out. But I wanted to give you just some last things to think about before we go walking in on Tuesday or, or we watch the returns on Tuesday. I know a lot of us have already voted. It's been a weird year. Um, there's effectively two months left in it, but there's still a lot of drama to unfold. So be strong, be tough, be safe, uh, be smart about where you are and what you're doing and do everything you can to try to be the voice of reason within the companies that you work with, that it's better to have a plan than to have an excuse. And with that, this will be the last podcast before the election. So if you need me, you know how to find me. Otherwise, keep your powder dry and uh, keep yourself out of trouble. Thanks for everything, everyone. And don't forget to vote.